Let's go to our expert feature now. Moving to a new city or to a new country is an exciting time for a family, but what's involved in moving the furry four-legged members? Easy to book the kids a plane ticket, but for our expert feature today, we're looking at moving pets and what's involved. If you have a question for our expert, you can text me on 2101. Karen Duncan Cayley from Move My Pet joins me now. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? Good. Really nice to have you on the show today. What were you doing before you were doing this? Uh, I was actually a canine hydrotherapist who used to swim uh, dogs for rehab. Oh, my gosh. That must have been interesting. It was. It was very wet. (laughs) (laughs) What made you move into this area? Uh, kind of fell into it, actually. I was working at the vet clinic uh, where where someone else was actually doing uh, this particular job and uh, sort of one thing to another sort of led to us actually taking it over from him and I've loved every minute of it, actually, to be fair. It's uh, it's not wet, so I've been involved with wet animals for a very long time. So um, <laughs> I used to be a groomer before that, so... Uh, <laughs> It's it's pretty awesome. I get to meet some pretty special pets uh, that are well loved. Yeah, and f- and most people will be doing it for the first time, and maybe only ever doing it once. But you've done it loads and loads of time before, so so you can give them a bit of your experience and and guidance, and and I guess reassurance too. Absolutely. Look, with hand on heart, without any hesitation, I'd put my own animals on a plane and take them to where I was going to be living next. Is it always permanent moves that you're dealing with, or is it sometimes, like, do you ever get people taking their animals on holidays with them? Uh, we've had the odd one that's uh, doing doing holidays between New Zealand and Australia, which is easy enough done. Uh, you just need to have the funds to be able to, to deal with that side of it. But we've had a few that have been uh, regular regular visitors from Australia. Yeah, okay. We can get to the cost in a bit. Are we mainly talking about going via planes, or, or do you sort of cover road transportation too? Uh, Move My Pet only uh, does uh, by plane. Um, yeah, we just don't. New Zealand's sort of such a vast country. I just, uh, especially the South Island where we're, we're primarily based, uh, it's it's not fair on animals to be in a, in a vehicle for six to eight hours or longer trying to get from one destination to another when we can get it done in an hour. Yeah, so, so even though it might be a bit more of a to-do, um, going into the hold of a plane and the takeoff and all the noise, you still think on, on balance better to do that for a shorter time in the cage or wherever they are than all that time in the car. Yeah, personally, that's what I, I I prefer. If you think of a a plane ride, you get in the scary bits up and the down. The rest of it's sort of white noise and and just sitting in a plane. Whereas in a vehicle, you've got temperature variances, you've got stops and starts, you've got corners. Um, that's quite stressful on an animal. They they're not able to. Uh, and car seats aren't, aren't designed to hold on to an animal or a cat either. So you know, it's there's a lot of movement within a vehicle. So what does the day look like for a pet taking a flight to Australia? Uh, to Australia? So um, depending on, on the time of the flights from New Zealand to Australia, it's pretty simple. They just need to do a, a vet check here in New Zealand with a, an MPI-approved veterinary health... Uh, with, sorry, an approved vet, veterinarian uh, with MPI. Uh, so it's just a vet check. They get treated with a drontal worm a frontline flea and tick treatment. And uh, with that they get uh, the export certificate signed to say they were fit to fly and they've met the requirements to enter Australia, which is the two treatments. 
and after we've got the export certificate, we just need to check them in with the airlines. Uh, so the airlines are checking to ensure that uh, the crate that we've provided is is uh, up to their regulations and standards, as well as the IATA standards, which is international travel uh, for pets and internationally. Uh, so and once just, just, in, sorry, just to go backwards, presumably yep. you have to tell the airline they're coming at some point to buy a ticket, or how does that part uh, of it work? Abs- yes, yeah, sorry. So prior to all of the vet checks, etc., uh, you get in contact with a pet transporter like myself. Uh, we provide a quote, and then uh, from there, once you accept it, we get some information from you, and then we look after your, your pet's booking. Okay. So then the big day comes, and um, do, where do you meet the people um where does the pet meet its cage? Uh, so depending on what, generally when we're talking to, to our clients, when they first approach us, we're asking if the dogs are, are crate trained. If they're not, then we do recommend uh, they get crate trained. Uh, crate, that's a nicer fair. word than, than cage. Sorry, I'll try yeah, to remember to say crate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, crate um, training. Um, that's that's like, hey, look at this fun and not at all terrifying thing. Should we have a little practice? Uh, if, if you go back to when a, an animal or when a dog is really frightened, what they tend to do is they go and run and hide into a very small den-like environment. So a crate actually becomes that den environment. Yeah. Uh, and I, when people sort of get all upset about the crate as such, I liken it to uh, the crate being like their bedroom or like my bedroom. So my bedroom is I don't invite everyone into it. It's my solace area where I get to lie down mm. and I'm, I'm peaceful and restful in there. No one bothers me. Uh, and the crate should be the same thing for your dog. Yes, that's a nice way of thinking about it. Do you buy a crate or do you hire or borrow one? Uh, going internationally, it's cheaper just to buy one outright because the cost of getting it back again is, is just mm. as much as sending your pets. So uh, generally speaking, you, you do purchase the crate. Okay, so you've purchased the crate, you've purchased your tickets... You've hopefully given your dogs a bit of crate time. Maybe a little bit different for cats and dogs, right? They might have a different approach. Um, cats, cats, we definitely do not uh, suggest crate training. The more you put a cat into a crate, the more <laughs> upset they get. Uh, the more upset they get, the more you have to fight with it. So we just want to keep everything as stress-free as possible. So with a cat, I just highly recommend maybe having the crate sitting around so they can investigate it and look at it and and they'll willingly usually go in to investigate it, but I wouldn't lock the cat up in there until it's time to travel and then just move the cat all at once. Thank you. And um, I'll, I'll sprinkle a few uh, listener questions in with our conversation sure. as well, Karen. No worries. Uh, Chris wants to know, can you book a seat for your dog on an international flight? Like, Could you actually just pay for a seat and have them there with you if they're well behaved? Uh, if they've gone through um, the guide dog uh uh, if, if they're a guide dog or a, or a hearing dog, then you're able to do that with your your pet. They can't sit on the on the seat; they need to be on the floor next to you. Uh, but for your pet animal uh, out of New Zealand, uh, they they need to travel as cargo, so no, they can't. Okay, and we'll talk about what that experience is like for them shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is it a bad idea to transport elderly pets overseas? Asks one person. My cat is 14 and is otherwise healthy, but I've heard that it's too stressful for them. Uh, we. A couple of years back, I had a, an 18-year-old cat that we, we shipped to, to Perth, so it was quite a big trip for the cat, and uh, honestly, she was she was fit to fly, so the vet had no issues with her heart or her lungs, um, and she 
she got into her crate and she stepped out the other end, had a yawn, and then went back to sleep again in her new house. So um, I don't I don't think or I don't believe it's stressful on the animals. I believe that the up and the down bit's a little bit like, oh, what's happening? But because they can't see what's happening, no one's told them or they don't have the understanding they're moving countries, uh, then I, I find that, that it's quite stress-free for them. If you can remove the cat in particular um, out of the environment when you're packing up the house, that's when they get stressed out is when mm. all of their things start moving. The conversation about tra- – this is aimed at me, Karen, um, mm-hmm. not you. The conversation about transporting pets is very cat and dog centric. What about other pets? I'm sure uh, you've worked with other pets. Um, look, I have. I've Just nationally, I haven't done a great deal of um, other pets, i.e. birds uh, and rabbits. Uh, to the likes of Australia, uh, but that is possible. Um, and yeah, within New Zealand, I've, I've done the odd goat or sheep um, when they've been little, yeah. and a big cooney cooney pig. What really? <laughs> yeah, that'd take some transporting. Uh, yes, oh, no, actually, it wasn't too bad. We, we yeah, we got her in, and then uh, she just couldn't quite turn around when we got her back out. So we under the under the crate, and then she just sort of <laughs> yeah stepped out of your big crate. <laughs> Well, Katie's listening. She says she's looking to move six pet hens from Hamilton to Christchurch. Um, do you think by air or by road would be less stressful for them? Uh, the problem with, with by air is needing to have the uh, the correct crates, so having having airline-approved crates for, for hens in particular. So with the bird species, there's a lot of requirements around different species to different, you know, different birds. Uh, so I guess the big one would be if you can access the airline-approved crates, then um, I would suggest air, uh, but the likelihood of getting those airline-approved crates are quite... They're not readily accessible. Really? Um, okay, so we're back to the airport now, and you've turned up with your crate and your dog or cat in it, and you go to, what, a, a special um, part of the airport, do you? Uh, so just we were going to the cargo depot, so we're oh, yeah. just we're probably more in the commercial you know area of the of the uh, airport uh, where we we go into the airline or the the handling agent of the airline and they're, they're checking to make sure that the the crate is sufficient for the animal mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to meet their requirements as well. And then we get weights etc done, and then uh, paperwork is distributed so. Uh, the pilot knows exactly what's on the flight as well, so uh, all of our a copy of our paperwork and the export certificates is put into the manifest for the pilot, as well as uh, all the originals etc. attached to the crate. At what point do you say goodbye to your animal? Uh, usually two hours before the flight. Uh, so with the dogs, we definitely uh, you know give them a good walk around and and have a chance to go to the toilet and stretch their legs before they uh, curl up and go to sleep for a couple of hours. Mm. And what, they just go through a, one of those things with the rubber flappy curtain like all our luggage does, do they? No, no, no. They're wheeled out on a nice, um, on a trolley. Or uh, if they're a larger animal, uh, we normally go around to the back of the depot area and we uh, lift their crates down onto what they call a PKC unit. So it's just a nice flat unit that they uh, travel around then up and down into the into the cr- uh, plane. Mm-hmm. Can you describe what it's like in the plane for them? Have you actually been into the into the place where they go? No, I haven't actually been actually out onto the tarmac, uh, but my understanding is that they're in, depending on the cargo involved with that particular aircraft at the time, uh, there's what they call the boot, which is a small area at the front or the back of the plane, and then they've got the main cargo hold area. So if you've got some larger animals and they're travelling in the larger cargo area, 
they're uh, they're locked into down the bottom, uh, and it's quite it's quite dark. And like I say, once once they get locked in there, the the worst bit is the the revving of the motor and taking off, and then also the landing. But it's all over and done with very quickly. Yeah, Paul is listening. He says we've done this twice now. It sounds simple, but the costs can be high. A medium-sized dog costs five to six thousand dollars New Zealand one way. I'm not sure where he's talking to, but does that sound ballpark to you, Karen? Um, well, I recently just sent a Labrador to uh, to Brisbane, and you're looking at two thousand seven hundred and seventy. Mm. So that was that particular dog. So just, uh, I guess it depends on on who's doing it and, and what their costs are. You know, the the, the good. The, I recommend that you just you know. Ask around, ask, get several quotes. I mean, it's a lot of money, but if you're moving to Brisbane, you're moving to Brisbane, and, you, and what are your other alternatives? Give the dog away. Well, yeah, it's pretty rough on the dog. <laughs> yeah. Please ask your guest about travelling with or flying with pugs or similar type dogs. I don't imagine the breed would matter, would it, apart from the size of the crate? Yes, so you've got brachycephalic dogs, which are your pugs and your boxes and all the other squash-nosed uh, breeds out there. They, there is a lot of requirements and, and restrictions on, on their flying just because of their breathing, uh, breathing issues that they tend to have with that, those breeds. Uh, from New Zealand to the likes of Sydney, Brisbane or Melbourne or the Gold Coast, we can fly them with the New Zealand quite easily. Uh, once you start going to what they call long horse, anything over five hours, mm. um, we can fly with Qantas. They, as long as you're registered with them, you're able to fly brachycephalic breeds with them. But that's all our options really are at the moment with brachycephalic breeds. Paul asks, what would it take for our dogs to be allowed to travel on planes as passengers, like across North America, where they can fly up to six hours, but not here in New Zealand or in Australia? Absolutely. So that's a it's a it's an American thing. So that's that's by their law you're able to have your pets actually in the cabin with you. Um, within New Zealand, unfortunately, that is not the case. So I guess it takes uh, either the government or or the airlines to change yeah. their their. Hello, hello, says MG. We tried to fly our guinea pigs within New Zealand, but the airline wouldn't accept them as pets. Does your guest have any ideas about that? Um, oh, I'm surprised they didn't take them mm. as pets. Funny, eh? So, yeah, they've, 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 with nationally at the moment, they've got uh, either they've got pets, uh, like a price for pets, and then they've got also livestock. Um, so I'm not sure why your guinea pigs couldn't have flown. There was. Are they pretty consistent, the airlines, or does it depend who you get on the day? Uh, I think potentially maybe your your, your caller has actually um, tried to do it while she has been travelling as excess baggage, so carrying maybe. having the animal on her ticket. I don't know. Give uh, us some uh, more info, MG. We'd love to. She said they sent them via pet bus in the end. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Yeah, so pet bus are um, a, 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 a on road service. Oh yeah, okay. Through New Zealand. Jay says, uh, JC says, could you please kindly ask, what is transit like in hot countries like Singapore? You're yeah, a bit worried about your, uh, I keep thinking of dogs, your dog just there um, in, with no one to um, kind of individually look out for it. Yeah, so uh, the likes of uh, Dubai and Singapore, where um, Emirates and, and Singapore Airlines are obviously flying through 
uh, to go to other destinations. Uh, Dubai have got a fantastic uh, facility for for any animals. If you're flying with Emirates, there's a 24-hour mandatory stopover in Dubai, and uh, it's all lovely and air-conditioned, and, and the animals are well looked after. Um, and Sim- Singapore Airlines also, they have a quarantine facility as well while they're in transit, so they get let out and they're, they're looked after there as well. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah. Speaking of air conditions, um, Andy's with Air New Zealand crew. He says pets travel in the bulk hold of their jet aircraft, mm-hmm. separate, separate from the main cargo hold where the bags go. He's just reassuring people, I think. it's in, And the bulk oh. hold is used for temperature-sensitive cargo like fresh produce or fresh pets. Yes, so we are limited to, to what else is you know, being carried as cargo as well with, with the animals can fly or not on particular flights. Someone reckons any cat leaving New Zealand should be free. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got native birds in mind, yeah. How do they work out how much to charge for a pet? Uh, so if you're flying within New Zealand, it's all to do with a physical weight, so how much your dog or cat and the crate weighs. If you're flying uh, internationally, it's all on a volume weight, so how big the crate required crate is. How big do those crates get? Um, well, my the biggest crate I've ever, ever done is for a great day that went to Brisbane. Um, the owners sent through the dog's measurements and... I did reply back going, are you sure this is the right measurements? And uh, they said, well, we're pretty sure. It was massive. <laughs> so I went, went to meet this dog, and honestly, she was a horse. She was the size of a mini horse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, we can get reasonably big. Yeah. Mm. Did you manage to succeed with that one? Yeah, absolutely. She's happily living in Brisbane as we speak. <laughs> mm. Do you ever find that people meet a stray pet on holiday and decide they want to bring them home? Um, I, not so much here in New Zealand because uh, there's not a, you know, a lot of strays out on the street. I have heard of others, I know of a couple in particular that were over in Colombia and they had contacted me. I, knew, I did actually know them. They wanted to bring one of the stray dogs home and I believe they have worked that out. But um, it's quite a process to come into New Zealand. Expensive process too, eh? Expensive, and we're quite particular because we don't have a lot of nasty critters uh, in New Zealand. We're wanting to protect our borders, so there's usually quarantines involved and, and a lot of blood tests and treatments. Yeah, quite hard going to Australia too. According to Cathy, she says, we took our beautiful box out of Sydney a few years ago. It was a breeze, but we did need to get a heartworm vaccination for him when we arrived in Sydney. Does that still happen? Uh, yes, so Australia do have heartworm. Uh, here in New Zealand we don't, so we don't have a lot of uh, medications available to us like they have in Australia. So we do recommend all of our, our clients uh, once they hit Australia to get or seek some advice on heartworm. Um, 30 odd years ago, says someone, when I flew often between Palmy and Auckland, I'd take my rat on with me and just hope no one noticed. <laughs> Gosh. Well, things were different in the 80s. Oh, it's almost the 90s. They sure were. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we haven't covered, Karen, that you think might be, people might like to know? Uh, look, travelling from New Zealand to Australia with your pets, it's it's a reasonably simple uh, exercise. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult coming from Australia back to New Zealand. It's it's not impossible, but just um, if you're aware of, of going over to Australia, we can get that done reasonably quickly. But coming back from Australia to New Zealand, there's you need you know a couple of months uh, to to arrange that to happen. Okay, thanks for your expertise today. I really appreciate it. 
Oh, no worries. Karen Duncan Cayley from Move My Pet with some advice for anyone wanting to take a cat or a dog or maybe a chicken to another part of the world.